1: It's the UK Podcasters podcast and Isabella, you're always banging on about how important it is for audio podcasters to get their visual brand correct.
2: Absolutely. I think that is really the number one thing everyone should think about when starting a podcast.
1: So I'm really excited to say that we've got the CEO of 99designs, a rapidly expanding marketplace for graphic designers, a place where you can get your custom uh, podcast logo or cover art designed. Patrick Llewellyn is joining us. Uh, He's from 99designs. It's an online graphic design marketplace connecting businesses, individuals and indeed podcasters looking for design work with, get this, 850,000 designers spread out across the world. And we're going to get out into this podcast into that worldwide presence uh, very shortly. So you can source your own graphic design work quickly and affordably by launching a design contest. And uh, it's really exciting as it started, uh, I believe, as an idea on a forum and then grew out of Melbourne in Australia and now it really is worldwide. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks
0: very much for having me and what a great introduction.
2: (laughs) You're very welcome. Well, um, I don't know if you actually know this, Patrick, but our UK podcasters logo actually was designed by 99designs. So... Uh, so we are actually huge fans already and we've been using 99designs for, for some other projects. We, in fact, have a, have a new project we will be launching this soon as well. Um, but So we are very familiar with, with what you do, but perhaps for anyone who hasn't heard of 99designs yet, um, can you tell us a little bit more uh, about the company and uh, what you do? Sure.
0: As you pointed out, we started in Melbourne, Australia. So um, we kind of have uh, the shared Commonwealth lineage. Um, with uk podcasters um and yeah we we, we spun out of a forum um site was our mothership company SitePoint was a site um that might be known to some of your audience it's a great resource for finding information about how to on the web um and it had a very active designer forum and a very active uh um, Developer forum, and it was in the designer forum that our business model was started. So very, essentially, for fun, designers were playing a game called Photoshop tennis, which was one designer sticking a, a design into the forum and with a fictional brief, and then other designers either creating completely new designs or riffing on that designs. And, and using, the designers were really using it as a way of exploring creativity and having fun. And literally one day, one of the designers said, hey, I've got a website client who needs a new logo. You guys seem to be having fun doing (laughs) logos. Um, How about you create some for me? And if I pick one of you, I'll pay you. And the designers were very excited by that opportunity. And that's essentially, you know, how our business model started. And it built momentum all on its own. Eventually, we, we sort of cottoned on to what was going on in the forum. It was getting very messy. The developers heard about what was going on in the designer forum. They started piling in, and so we really MVP'd our marketplace. So the first iteration was, you know, charging people just to enter the forum thread. People continued to enter the forum, um, and and fairly quickly we realized that there was a real business opportunity here. So um, in that classic lean startup mode, um, you know, we built a a minimum viable product and 99designs was born in february of 2008 um, and when we went we got out into the world we had a small community of designers and a small community of customers and we spent the first three years as a bootstrapped um, company really just focusing on product development and providing a good level of service to our, our communities on both sides and we're very lucky that that service really resonated with both sides the community were able to enjoy really strong organic growth.
2: I love the fact that the company grew from the community and actually many podcasters start like that they start with a community and it's just a very inspirational story really uh, to show what is possible when you do pay attention to community and when when you do grow it because obviously 99designs now um, is a global company um, employing a lot of people around the world so um, very inspiring and also about the products um, that you've mentioned there is a lot of there a lot there for pretty much everyone it's like
1: you don't stop innovating so you're constantly making new products to solve these pains that a lot of people have with design
2: and I really like the fact that you've got your offices around the world and you do expand so can we expect to see an office in the UK? I
0: think you can Um, (laughs) at the moment we have some UK nationals working out of our Berlin office, um, and so and we we have people spread all around the world. So now we have offices in um, San Francisco, Berlin, um, Melbourne. Uh, we also have a small team in Rio and a small team in the Philippines, and uh, we have had people in in London, and uh, and but we we found a guy who's. We really like the Nile, who's based in Berlin. And so we've taken advantage of that for now. Um, And he spends a lot of time traveling um, backwards and forwards. Um, But yes, you know, I'm always surprised that just every time I visit, how much more vibrant I feel at the one, you know, I feel like sort of slowly pulling out of what was a fairly tough economic time. But two, just, you know, how it seems to be on the back of small business and, and, you know, the startup scene is really starting to take shape and there's a lot of great innovation coming out of the community.
1: You mentioned about small business and, uh, you know, startup scene and a lot of podcasters, of course, are entrepreneurs who are looking for that logo design, that cover design, the, the artwork that they need. Um, and we see, obviously, a great increase here in the UK at the moment in interest in podcasting. In the US right now, as I'm sure you well know, it's, it's phenomenal, the, uh, the presence in the podcasting community. Has that impacted your business at all?
0: It has. Well, I mean, the areas that we're exploring, it we we started to advertise on podcasts um, in the US. Um, I think we, you know, we've, we've certainly helped a number of you know. There's a lot of there's a number of really vibrant um, you know entrepreneurial podcast communities in in the US that we've supported and they've generated a lot of business for us. So not only are we helping podcasters, but we're actually helping their audience get the design that they need. Um, so yeah, I I, I think it's. Uh, it's a really exciting time for the industry. I think it's one of the sleeping giants around the globe but I when you look at the u s market it, it, you know I'm a huge consumer of podcasts myself and and you know i and I'm, and I just realize now that that as an advertising medium it's one that's becoming more and more mainstream. I think there's a number of brands who have caught on to the value of um, the podcast community because one of the things that I feel about you know that sort of defines it it tends to be and for now podcasts people are listening to podcasts are generally pretty technically savvy you know i know that it's becoming more mainstream but it does help to for us when you're thinking about targeting an audience it's just one thing that you can take for granted if i'm listening to a podcast i've got a device i'm familiar with itunes or whatever stitcher or however i'm downloading it i'm downloading um i'm connected um And so for someone, you know, for a lot of businesses who are looking for a tech-savvy audience or potentially, you know, it even can indicate socioeconomic um, position, it's great. It's targeted. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a really exciting growth medium.
1: Absolutely. And that's the beauty of a podcast, isn't it? You can tap into a specific niche community talking about whatever it could be from, from knitting to fly fishing to, like you say, tech and startups. I'm interested, Patrick, what podcasts do you listen to? So what would you say your, your top three or four podcasts you've got right now?
0: I was about to pull out my phone and look at that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of NPR in the US, and so, but I find that I'm I'm never traveling at times where I get to listen to it. So I listen to Marketplace. I listen to This American Life. Um, you know, specifically, and 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 some of these are radio podcasts that you know are really similar to. I also listen to a number of sports podcasts. I'm a, I'm a basketball fan, so, uh, you know, there's a, a commentator in the in the U.S. who really, I think, has championed. He, he was probably one of the real early adopters of podcasts, a guy called Bill Simmons, and I think I started listening to Bill Simmons in about 2007, um, you know, and now he has a massive um, podcast audience. I think, interestingly and controversially, he – just got suspended by ESPN for three weeks because he let fly in a podcast. <laughs> There's a, a podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, I listen to. I, you know, I listen, I listen to um, a couple of other tech podcasts that I listen to. I've got a, a gaggle of children, and so... Uh, we and we live a bit out of town in San Francisco, and we're lucky enough to have a, a, a little bit of uh, space around us. And so I'm a big fan of permaculture. So, I, you know, a lot of the information I've got about permaculture have been on like these very obscure permaculture podcasts.
2: <laughs> there you go. Well, now moving back to perhaps 99 Design. So, how important do you think the visual brand is?
0: Uh, I think it's becoming increasingly important for everyone and across all mediums of business because right? it's the way that you're typically getting found you're, and, and it's the way to stand. It's typically a great way to stand out. I mean, first impressions are everything and I think the, m- the more professional you can repu- represent yourself, be it by, you know, your brand or your logo mark or your word mark or your website, the better chance you have of, of capturing a customer's attention. You don't have a lot of time now. You know, people there's, are getting bombarded by media in all sorts of directions and all media now is becoming increasingly visual. If you think about the device in your hand, the device on your desk, the TV set, we're consuming lots and lots of media-rich information that has lots and lots of design elements to it and so it's, re- it's become increasingly important to stand out um, from the crowd and to take advantage of you know now that we have such you know much greater accessibility to you know good quality graphic design at prices now that the, you know the average small business can afford and so that's really for us it's been great and it's helped you know uh, explode our business but I think it's just the nature of the beast it's and my mum was a small business owner still is she was, she was a chiropractor and I think back to the early days of her business you know at best um, she had some signage on the shop front, and an ad in the yellow pages. And, you know, a, and that's how you generate business. And you might have created some fl- local flyers to, you know, put at the local community center or whatever the case might be. But, you know, now she has two websites, you know, a blog, a Facebook fan page, uh, and these are all mediums that need visual identity, brand identity, you know, um, and, and also content. You know, part of the trick now to be keep keeping relevant is to continually update the content that you're presenting on your website or your Facebook fan page. So you're thinking about cover art, etc. And, and And, you know, you can, if you've got the skills, you can create it yourself. Um, but if you don't, then, you know, there's people on demand who can help you with that.
2: Absolutely. And, and one of the things that I, I keep repeating on, on our podcasts is that you actually can never fall asleep. So the fact that you actually already have a logo or, or a cover art or w- whatever else it is, if it has been designed, say, three years or more ago, the good chances are you do need to update it because things change, trends change, your audience changes. Uh, so actually keeping it constantly at at the same um look is not a good idea so it's good to to keep an eye on on what's happening out there would you agree with that
0: absolutely you know and trends change and yeah if, you know there's and if you've got a, a, a mark that you're really happy with and it's i think it's it's fine to to keep the integrity of that but you know color palettes change you know psh, trends change you know sort of 3d drop shadow images were all the rage you know four or five years ago today we're looking very much at a very flat stylized clean um design aesthetic you know we sort of I call it the appleization of the world you know (laughs) so so we've we've seen a lot of you know know, that sort of flat clean design style is is certainly very popular today and so and so you know you can either just adjust the mark you have or reinvent yourself. It all depends on where you're at, where you're at uh, personally as a brand.
2: Absolutely. And I love the fact that you, you give ability to access designers from all around the world. I mean, 850,000 designers, it's an incredible amount. Now, do you in any way screen the designers or it perhaps review their presence on your platform? How does that usually work?
0: Mm, so one of our things, the reason why we've got such a large community is because we've left it to be very open. So we do have categories of designers where we have handpicked them and screened them. So we have a, our, our platinum package um, is only with designers that we've handpicked. So that's a very small subset of our community. But typically it's it's a very open um, level playing field. And, I, and, and the reason why we, we took that approach is because you know, our main product particularly I mean contests. I mean for logos in the logo store we review those. If they're not up to standard they don't get in. You know, in our in our Swiftly product, it's own once again it's a hand selected group of designers who we let participate in that because it's important that they get the job done right, you know, the first time. But in the contest format It's really about uh, you get to see the work before you buy it, right? You get to iterate with the designer. And so in that forum, we think it's important that that creates the ability for a first-time designer to come on who's got skills and be successful. It doesn't really matter who they are, what their reputation is, are they new or are they old. It's all about what are they delivered to you. Um, And if it works for you, then there's a good chance you're going to select them um, and, and, and then that starts the career for that designer and it starts to fuel the opportunity for them and so that that has been very important to us. I think over as our business model evolves we'll continue to um, look at ways in which we can certify, build reputations of designers, um, you know screen them for quality, etc. but you know, we also want to not lose our roots, which has been you know, one of the true open platforms that allows anyone to come. And, you know, we understand that because where we began was in a forum where people were just participating for fun and to develop their skills and to learn. That is an important part of what our designers get out of it. And so, you know, the unfortunate part of that is it does mean that, you know, during a contest you might see some design that's not great um, but if you've got it in your heart, it's also it's always great to be able to provide some feedback to those designers and say, hey, not quite up to mark. Is some ways that you could improve because these people are really trying to hone their craft, learn skills, um, yeah. and, and, and learn through participation. No,
2: that's great. And when we used ninety nine designs, it's one of the things that uh, usually happens is in the first sort of day or even within would have been a few hours, you start getting designs which are perhaps not great but then two days or three days in you suddenly start getting those really good quality designs because of course good designers are going to take time to deliver uh, something really outstanding and I think the patience part is, is very important uh, during the design. I also like how you how you direct um, uh, someone who puts the contest in there uh, throughout the whole process so you, you send quite a lot of really useful emails with tips and just the general advice which which is very helpful and very reassuring as well for anyone who is going through that process.
0: Yeah, that's true. Good point. I mean, if you want to talk specifically at the process, I think it's it's super important early, you know, to put as much time and effort as you can into the brief that you've created for the design community. One of the best ways to guarantee getting a design that you like is to really sort of look around the web and look for Images or brands that represent the style that you want and put those images and brands into your brief. We make that pretty easy for you to do. You can also select um, some of the examples that we have in our brief builders to help you through that process. But if there's anything in particular that's out there, you know, it could be a photo, it could be an image, it could be someone else's logo mark, you know, provide inspiration in a visual format. I think that really helps drive designers because they're generally, you know, they thrive on the visual medium. I think also to your point, like some, a design that comes in an hour after you've launched, the chances of it being good are very slim because as you say, good design does take time. Um, and so, you know, it's fine to just eliminate that design or rate it poorly. I think it's also important not to get too excited too early and, and provide um, too high of a ranking unless you really love something. I think it's important to really mark, you know, we have a five-star rating system and I would only ever give four or five stars to someone who I would be prepared to use and work with. And so, you know, typically I would recommend a first-time user to, you know, if you, if something's got a, uh, you think there's something there, then one star is a great way of indicating that you've got some interest. Maybe two. Um, I think three stars in the open fight, the open part of the the first round of a contest is as high as I would go, because um, really. If you start marking things uh, too aggressively, other designers are going to be looking at your contest. They actually actively watch um, the contest feed and they might just assume that you found the design and the designer that you want to work with and so there's no point in submitting their idea. Um, and, and so that that's something that you want to be wary of, especially in that open phase. The other thing that designers love is feedback. Um, and so if you keep on top of your contest either through simple elimination, you know, providing everyone with a star ranking. And then for the designers whose design has um, something in it that you like, leaving them some written feedback is a really great way of encouraging, encouraging them to continue to participate. I think that is... The important part, you know, we provide a hundred percent money back guarantee to our customers in that open phase of the contest. So if you get through the first four days and you don't have anything you like, then we will happily re- refund your money. So that means that the designers in that first four days are, you know, specking their time. So if you can respect that they are, you know, there's only typically going to be one of them who's successful. If you can respect that they're participating, providing with what is a really rich and you know interactive experience through giving them a little bit of your time through you know the feedback channels we talked about, you generally, definitely- Guaranteed a, a, a great result because design really is two
1: way. That's awesome, well, Patrick, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. There you go. So, getting your visual brand bang on for your podcast is essential, Isabella.
2: It really, really is, and um, I am really thrilled to say that Ninety Nine Designs agreed to to give one lucky UK podcaster um, a logo design. So, if if you are uh, in the stages where perhaps you would like to refresh your logo or have a brand new one designed, you can and enter our special competition.
1: Or perhaps, Isabella, perhaps it's a UK podcaster that hasn't even started yet and wants their first podcast cover art designed.
2: There you go. So, um, Mike, what do you have to do to win
1: Okay, it's really simple. All you have to do is go to this address, UKpodcasters.com slash free podcast logo. Okay, go to UKpodcasters.com slash free podcast logo. All the details are there. If you're entering within a week of release of this podcast, you stand a chance to win. If not, then we'll have a special deal on that page eternally for the UK podcasters community. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?